Thank you for your love. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your grace. You know, somebody sent us a message. And um, why do we share what the Lord has done? Two reasons. Number one, we're grateful that he has done it. (laughs) Praise God. And secondly, it encourages people. Um, There was someone who had sent in a testimony of being healed of hemorrhoids for two years. And um, another person read the testimony and sent me his testimony, hard testimony, and said, you know, I had it for five years, but I was checking to see if I was healed after six weeks. And um, somebody sent me a message from Sweden, and she said, I was healed too. I said, so how come you all never said anything? But the Lord is gracious. Hallelujah. I had a great time with the Lagos brethren at the Lagos um, day of prayer yesterday. From 7 a.m. to about 5 p.m., it was a wonderful time of prayer. So Abuja, get ready. This Saturday is your day of prayer. Okay. So those of you that are not shouting, that are not excited... The Lord have mercy on your soul. <laughs> so I'd expect to see you all 7 a.m. on the door. Now don't plan to come by 12 so that you'd have missed some of the prayers. 7 a.m. on the door, you should be here. And um, trust me, nobody dies from prayer. The Lord would be here strong with us and he'll grant you supernatural strength to pray. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Do me a favor. Look at the person beside you with a warm smile. Tell them, it's the year. It's the year. It's the year. Look at another person. Tell the person, it's the year. Well, then you want to tell the third person, it's the year. A fourth person, different. It's the year. Well, some of you are catching it. That means to stand up. A fifth person, different. And tell them it's the year. (laughs) Tell a sixth different person. It's the year. (laughs) Tell a seventh person it's the year. Do you have an eighth person to tell? Tell them it's the year. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. John chapter 3. That are studying from the third chapter of John. Am I on? The third chapter of John. John chapter 3. We're studying something very important this morning. And I believe it's possibly going to be the most revolutionary series you have ever been a part of. Um, and so I want you to listen. Now, we had a great time in the first service, right? This, thank you. Uh, the choir. We had a phenomenal time in the first service and we are going to have a greater time this service. Where's Brother Jonathan? Has he left? He's gone. Amazing. Um, the Lord said something to me about him, but that's fine. John, the third chapter. And... Um, Let us start reading from verse 12. John chapter 3 and verse 12. We're going down to verse 15, verse 14 and 15, but I want to lay a foundation from the 12th verse. We're talking this month on look and leave. That's the principle of redemption. Look and leave. And this Jesus talking, he said, If I have told you earthly things and you believe not, How shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? Um, How would you feel talking with your friend? And he says, I've been discussing earthly things with you and you are not hearing me. Why should I now discuss heavenly things with you? Do you realize that if you lived in the day and the time of Jesus, you would have been upset with him the way he talked? He He had this boldness. This confidence. How can a man look at another man and say, if, I, if I've told you earthly things and you did not hear, how then shall I tell you heavenly things? Nobody ever spoke like Jesus. <laughs> you know, there are those who have heroes. They say, Mahatma Gandhi is my hero. 
Mandela is my hero. Luther King is my hero. I love them for all the things that they have done, but none of them inspires me like Jesus. There's not one. I have searched in... um, All you have to do is just to read not even what he did, just what he said. The way he spoke. Very inspiring. You know, as a young man in secondary school, I remember one of those mornings reading, I'm not sure what it was I was reading, but I used to read a lot of the Gospels because I just loved Jesus. And one of those days, I remember where I was, usually at um, assembly, there's this thing they call assembly, right? They still do it. I don't even still do it, but the assembly ground and everybody gathers together and the brigade boys are playing and they give you announcements and they beat the latecomers. Okay. And usually it used to be 8 a.m. in the morning, but I, my house was a 20-minute walk from my school. And so I'd leave home at 6 a.m. And the reason I did that was because I, I had a band of friends that I was training. They were my classmates. Um, a few of them were my juniors, but I was training them in the things of God and would spend time to pray together. And usually they would come in for about 7 a.m., but I wanted to have some time to myself. So I'd leave home at about 6 a.m. in the morning, get to school 6.15, 6.20. And um, I remember the junior school block, the back where I used to pray. And I'd pace back and forth. I was, I was a young boy. I mean, secondary school, pace back and forth. And usually I used to read my Bible standing. I'd hold my Bible like this. I was praying in the Spirit, reading the Bible. And one of those days I would never forget. I said, I just want to be like you, Jesus. And I was wailing and bawling like a child. Well, I was a child. Just crying. And just remembering it, I want to cry. I just want to be like you. The way he laughed, the way he spoke, inspiring in no little measure. Inspiring. And I'll never forget it, Alan. The word of the Lord came unto me. I was in SS1, I believe. The word of the Lord came unto me, and he said to me, he said, you're like me. He said, you're like me. Oh, that was such a blessing. You know, our lives are made by the words that we hear in his presence. Yesterday, while we were at the prayer, um, time of prayer, several things the Lord said that I can't share with you because you've got to hear God for yourself. But there was one he said, and I, I told my wife, Pastor Dio, like we're there together. And I said, this is huge. I said, it gives you a picture of what 2020 would look like. The Lord said, as I was with Paul, I am with you. I remember where I was praying, leading them to pray. I just broke down crying. I said, I got it. So when you hear of the great things that God's doing through us, we heard something. Glory to God. It was one of these kind of communications that made me just want to be like him. Look at the next verse. We're going somewhere here. Go quickly, John chapter 3. It says, verse 13. I want you to see this. It says, And no man had ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven. No man had ascended up to heaven, including Papa Abi. Abraham had not ascended to heaven. You know, Abraham was not in heaven. Abraham's bosom was the same thing as called paradise. And paradise, heaven, um, Abraham's bosom was not in heaven. The scripture shows us that. It says, no man had accepted up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven. It says, even the son of man, which is in heaven. I was sharing with them in the first service. How inspiring this is. Jesus, the Son of Man, was standing right before them. Do you talk like this? Are you saying, the economy is very hard. The economy is very hard. We just want to go to Canada. The economy is very hard. Is that how you talk? Is that how you talk? But you talk like this man. He says, but he that came down from heaven, who is he that came down from heaven? Jesus. Where was he standing? Before Nicodemus. 
He was having a conversation with Nicodemus. He that came down from heaven. Jesus. He says, even the son of man, which is in heaven. Who talks like this? He was standing before Nicodemus. He says, this is the son of man. And then he says, even the son of man, which is in heaven. A consciousness of spiritual realities. Not allowing life reduce your awareness of what Christ has done. I'll give you an example. A Christian gets a pain in his body. And then he says, I am sick. Makes sense to talk that way. But Isaiah prophesied and he said, no one in that country shall say, I am sick. No one shall say, I am sick. I I should explain this to you. It would bless you. For the longest time, I've been trying to get Christians to come to an awareness of these things. And um, the Lord is amplifying our voice and the message will get out to more people. Yeah. You see, have you heard people say things like, I am using my faith to get a healing from God. What are you doing? I'm faithing it. I'm using my faith to get a healing from God. I'm standing in faith to receive a healing from God. And I have told you over time that your faith cannot get what it does not have. Faith does not possess what it does not already have. Faith possesses what it already owns. This is important. Philemon, the first chapter. We went this way in the first service and it wasn't part of my message, but the Lord would have me look at this with you. It says that the communication of your faith, the sharing of the use of your faith may become productive. So there's non-productive faith. May become productive. Have you seen non-productive Christians who say, I'm fitting it. I'm fitting it. And they never get anything. And every time they are like, well, this one has passed. Let's just move on. Is that what the life God has called us to live? Christianity is interesting. Hey, come on. How uninteresting can glory to glory be? Oh, talk to me. If truly you are nothing or metamorphosing from glory to glory, how uninteresting can that life be? That's why I feel sorry for those who say Christianity is boring. Boring? I couldn't get excited at Chelsea more than the word God. It's never happened to me. I don't know how people do it. They're excited at a new um, series that has come out and everybody's... You know, as a young man, I told the Lord years back, I said, may I never be more excited about anything on earth than your word and your spirit. And God has helped me with it. Where do I cry in worship? Where do I dance in prayer? Where where do I get my kicks from? Did you read when Jesus said in John the fourth chapter, he said they had gone to get him food and they brought the food to him. And Jesus said, I'm no more hungry. They said, has somebody given him food when we're not here? He said, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his works. This is where I get my satisfaction from. This is where I get my kicks from. Are you hearing what I'm saying here? There's a life he's called us to live. Christianity is not a religion, not just having, you know, I, I, I showed up in church and now I have marked the register first Sunday of the year. No. There's a lot more to it. So he says that the use of your faith would become productive by you trying to get something from God. Absolutely not. He says, Your faith only becomes productive when it acknowledges that you already have the good thing in you, in Christ. Are you hearing this? A faith that's trying to get it would never be productive. It has to acknowledge the healing already is with you. You're the healed of the Lord. 
It has to acknowledge the wealth is with you. Did you ever read that? The Bible says Christ has been made unto us wisdom. He says he has been made unto us wisdom. We've got to renew our minds to what the scripture really teaches and not follow religion because religion always sounds nice. It's always sweet when you're practicing religion. But it does not mean that you're practicing the word. For example, I tell people, Jesus said, he that hath, more shall be given to him. Am I right? And he that hath not, the very little that he has shall be what? Taken from him. Is that what Jesus said? He says, if you have, more will be given to you. But if you don't have, the little that you have will be taken from you. Why do many Christians decrease? Why is it that there's no progress in their life? Because they never consider themselves to have. They always want to have. And the law is if you think you don't have, even the little you have will be taken from you. But when you start acknowledging that I have health, I have wealth, I have life, the glory of God is in me. The anointing of God's spirit is upon my life. Changes everything. It was the beginning of my ministry. For the longest of time, I thought that You had to please God in a certain way and then God will anoint you because you have pleased him and now you are anointed because you have pleased him. For the longest of time, I thought that. That's what I thought. Let me give you another example and I'll come back to the anointing of God's spirit and then we'll get into the subject matter for today. Did you ever read in the scriptures where it says, walk in the spirit that you may not fulfill the lust of the flesh? Did you observe that he never said, don't, don't struggle with not fulfilling the lust of the flesh? What did he say you should do? Switch on a higher law, walk in the spirit, and you would of natural cause have dealt with what? The works of the flesh. So what should my focus be? Understanding how to work in the spirit and walk in it. That's what my focus should be. A young man walked up to me and said, um, he said, I, I appreciate the grace of God on your life. How can I walk in it? And I looked at him. And I knew what he was expecting to hear. He was expecting me to tell him how long I pray, how long I fast. And if you can do these things, then you can have this thing. Okay. Jesus walked by a fig tree. Right? And he cursed it. And the next day when he was coming around... um. Jesus was acting as if he didn't say anything to the tree. I, I hope you understand that it's not, it's not natural that you speak to a tree and it's dried up from its roots. If you spoke to a tree and it dried up from the roots in 24 hours, you know how you take a picture of it and send it to me? <laughs> say, Pastor, I spoke to this tree, it's dried up. His entire family will get the picture. When he takes the announcement, he will announce it with the announcements. Hey, that's normal because it's, it looks like a big deal. But Jesus spoke to the tree and it dried up from the roots. And Jesus was just taking a work and walking with his 12 disciples and didn't even acknowledge that anything had happened to it. Why? Because as far as he was concerned, he has to obey. Even if Jesus walked by it, now listen, and it was not dried up, he still would not have spoken to it again. Oh, you didn't get what I just said. Because where the word of a king is, there is power. Glory to God. You've got to understand this. And so Jesus was walking by and Peter says, Hey, hey, master, come, 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 come. And some of you don't know that Peter was not that nice with Jesus. There was one time he called Jesus and said, This rubbish you are saying, this rubbish that you are saying, you are going to die on the cross, leave us here. And some of you think it's because you love Jesus. That's not true. Because just before that, he said, We have left everything. We have followed you. Houses, mothers, lands, everything. And Jesus had just promised them that you will receive everything back in hundred folds. And then right after that, Jesus says, I'm going to die. Where are you going to? You can just give us our returns and go and die. He wasn't as though he loved the Lord. Peter only started loving him after his resurrection. I can prove it to you. I can prove it to you. Peter was on self-preservation mode all through the ministry of Jesus. It's amazing. All all through the ministry of Jesus. Even when he followed Jesus from afar and they took him into the hall and a young lady, theologians would tell us she was just about 12 years of age, 12, 13 years of age, said, I know him. 
He's been with Jesus. Looks like himself. Peter said, what? The, the Greek construction says she, he began to curse. May my father turn in his grave if I ever knew him. God forbid this criminal. He was cursing. Cursing at the girl. Not just saying I don't know him. He was cursing. And as he was done cursing, as he was walking, his eyes and Jesus' eyes caught. You know that look? When your father gives you that look, Jesus looked at him. But you know, I wish Judas caught that look. Because that look is full of love, mercy, compassion. I wish Peter, Judas, caught that look. Because it was that look that kept Peter. It was that look. The one that you have betrayed still loves you. Oh dear, glory to God. Mm. So Jesus, Peter looks at Jesus and says, hey, stop, 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 stop. (laughs) What is this drama you are doing here? You spoke to a tree. Remember this. He had been speaking to things. And they were confused. One time he was sleeping in the in this boat. And, hey, boy. I, those of you that pride yourself in, I'm a light sleeper. You're not like Jesus. He said, immediately the door opens, I wake up. Why? He gives his beloved good sleep. <laughs> Why? Why should you wake up when the door opens? He said, I'm just very alert. You are paranoid. Why? He gives his beloved good sleep. When you wake up, wake up. Not those of you that wake up. Oh. When you wake up, oh, glory to God, you're out of bed. Jesus, I'll tell you why Jesus was a deep sleeper. And Jesus was a heavy eater. Oh, it's there in the Bible. Jesus in John 4 was hungry and 12 people went to buy him food. (laughs) It's there in the Bible. Maybe most of you don't know. When he was fasting, he was fasting. When he was eating, he was eating. When he was feasting, he was feasting. Jesus went into the house of somebody. He ate so much. Harlot came. We washed his feet. Jesus even prophesied. On t- he was tearing the chicken. Oh, Simon. I know what is in your heart. Give me turkey. He was eating it. So let me talk about Jesus sleeping. Jesus was in the boat. And the Bible says water had filled the boat. How do I know? Because they were trying to pump the water out. But Jesus was lying on a pillow. Imagine water everywhere. Jesus sleeping. Sound inside water. Sound. Sound. I want you to understand the attitude of the disciples. They said, carest not thou that we perish? They didn't say that you perish because we don't understand you. (laughs) How you can be sleeping inside water, we don't understand. But carest thou not that we perish? That's how they woke him up. Jesus. Oh, Oh, I told you, Jesus inspires me. I told you. I told you. Nobody in the world inspires me like this man. The Bible says he woke up. And he looked. And immediately says, oh, be still in the name. Well, he didn't say in the name of Jesus because he was Jesus. Be still. And he spoke to the wind, spoke to the waves. And everything became calm immediately. Then he looked at them. He says, Oh, ye of little fits, and went back to sleep. So you understand that they knew that this man was not normal. Uh, have you had folks like that in your life that are not okay? You know, these ones are not okay. They're not okay. So Peter knew, and he says, We have started this your stunt. The tree that you spoke to is dried up from the roots. What did Jesus say? Did he say, You know, this is a, an exclusive thing for some high class guys? When you enter a certain level in the things of God, you can walk in it. And you see, you have to fast 40 days like I fasted to begin your ministry. And when you have done that, you can start talking to trees. In fact, you will talk to any kind of tree. Any tree. You will move mountains. Is that what he said? He made it as simple as possible. If you had faith. Have you met ministers who walk in a great anointing of God's spirit? How do you walk in this? Oh, my son. Oh, my son, this came with a big price. Shut up your mouth. No price is bigger than the price of Jesus. 
Now, but do I fast? <laughs> what kind of question is that? Do I fast? Don't I look fasting? <laughs> do I pray? What are you asking me? I speak in tongues more than you. <laughs> do you understand what I'm talking about? So I, I understand what I'm talking I know what they're talking about, fasting and praying. I know what I'm talking about. But I don't fast to be anointed. That's not the reason. My fast helps me use what I have. Are you getting what I'm saying here? We must change the paradigm. We're not trying to get. We have. We have. Glory to God. Are you still with me? Hello, at the back, are you here with me? Can you hear me? Praise God. Hello, you there? Okay, good. I just wanted to be sure we're still together because you guys were real silent. And I'm sure you're almost wondering, is, like Nicodemus was wondering, is this guy okay? Is this guy fine in his mind? The doctors, my wife had gone for the antenatal for her second son. And the doctors told us and said, he was going to be born with a deformity. I said, really? And they gave out the reasons why he would be born with a deformity and said, we're going to do another scan. This first guy. <laughs> so she called me. Said, this is what they said. I said, um, whose name was on the scan? She said, my name. I said, whose baby are you carrying? <laughs> so what kind of question is that? I mean, the hospital. <laughs> I said, my son, they are out of their minds. I said, you wouldn't pray about it. You wouldn't talk to God about it. Forget it. He'll be fine. One time we went to see the doctor, the same boy. The doctor said he had Kawasaki syndrome. <laughs> I said, dog, I train as a doctor, so I know what you're talking about. But it's one of those things that even as a, if you, if you um, practice in the tropics, in your entire practice, you may not see. It's not, that's why it's called Kawasaki. <laughs> You'll be looking for it everywhere. Kawasaki. Do you understand? Praise the Lord. I told him, I said, Doc. I said, I'm a doc. No coward, not sit. And I was laughing. I, was saying, I said, Doc. No coward. I shook him. I said, Doc, no coward, not sit. No coward, not sit. Sweetheart, no coward, not sit. Let's go. Coward what? Coward what? If, if, you, if you function in these things, you look like a madman. I'm telling you the truth. I told you one time the plane was going boom, 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 boom. And I started laughing. The woman beside me. <laughs> and I'm not kidding you. I don't know if you've ever been into real turbulence. Real turbulence. And then the pilot took the thing and said, um, we're sorry, you're going to gallop like a horse. I said, is that what you say in this kind of place? <laughs> when we came down from the plane, the woman, elderly woman, she came to me and said, are you married? So I showed her. Say, you're not a serious person. That's what she said to me. <laughs> Elderly woman. She couldn't understand how I would have kids be married and I'll be laughing. Shouldn't I be thinking of who will take care of these children? <laughs> believe the word. Do you understand what I'm saying? Stop practicing religion. This year, 2020, believe the word. Are you following this year? Say this with me. I have all things. Say this. I am perfect and complete. In Christ. Say it one more time. I am perfect and complete in Christ. Say this. I am healed now. Say this. I am rich now. I am wise now. I am delivered now. I have all things now. You believe it? Now. Not tomorrow. Now. Now. Somebody shout now. 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 Say now. now. When are you wise? Now. now. You sovereignly do. You, you answer all questions. You know what to do. When? Now. 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 Glory to God. Go back to John chapter 3. We're, we're looking at something there. John the third chapter. It says in verse, now, uh, uh, this is so beautiful. Even the son of man which is in heaven. Noel, you remember the story I like to tell of two folks who had gone to cast out the devil from a lady 
You remember that story? And <laughs> dear God, you know, I like telling stories of demon exorcism because I suffered before light came. And we will cast and cast and then the demon will cast us. I'm telling you the truth. There was one time the demon looked at me through the eyes of the girl. And how should I say this? Should I say it? The lady we were trying to cast a demon out from was in church just a few weeks ago. But the other tapping says, I won't tell you what she was doing. So you can go and try to find out who it is. I won't tell you. But she was doing something in church. It was not trying to tell me. As the demon left. <laughs> Boy, we tried to cast the devil out. This was the days of ignorance. I'm, and I kid you not, about six hours. And after a while, she, she was stronger. We were weaker. Tired. So these two guys were trying to cast out the devil. And then the devil at some point, and you know the devil can be a cunning fellow. At some point said, Okay, let me ask both of you a question. I don't have ever been into those places where they're asking questions. I'm not coming out. I say, come out. Why should I come out? And then the pastor will start answering. Because I know who I am. I know. I know. In the name. Kayabata. Bayagagaga. Strong voice does not cast out devils. So the demon. I have to preach my message to you. The demon, Gragra, does not cast out devils. I told you years back I got to the loot field to pray because I would go there 11 p.m. every night or 3 a.m. to pray those nights as a student. And then I got there and I heard, Kava! Shaka! And I was wondering what's going on. Brukutu! Papa! I kid you not. And, and here I was trying to just worship the Lord, give God praise. After a while, I had to go meet the brother. I said, Just a second, sir, what are you doing? He said, Warring tongues. I said, Wow! Machine gun tongues. Oh. Go, go, go. <laughs> Have you heard those kind of tongues before? I sat down and had a nice time watching movie that day. I kid you not. And he was very animated. Go, ta, kete, I said, wow. Right after this, you're going to have to take Panadol. Right after this. So these two folks were trying to cast out the devil from the lady. And after the devil was tired of their circles, Said, both of you, let me talk to you. So both of them listened to the demon. Say, you, where are you standing? The guy goes, ah. What kind of nonsense is that? On my two feet, the lady, true story, slapped the man of God. And the man of God went under the power from the slap. Sometimes it's good to be second because you have benefits of foresight. So the demon turned to the other lady guy and said, where are you standing? <laughs> the young man moved back. <laughs> he goes, he said he's standing on his two feet. He got a slap. That's not the answer. And the two of them were telling me the story. Not that, I mean, they told me the story. Elderly ministers of the gospel. Now, if I mention one of them, you probably would know who it is, but I won't mention his name. So as to keep his honor and integrity intact. So that the next time he says receive it, he's not say, are you that is slaps? <laughs> You know, that's why pastors don't tell all this story. Because you won't hear the sweet parties. The other one say, ah, pastor was trying to cast out the day. See, this problem that he's doing is not that pastor. Let me go. <laughs> so, the young man looked, he was young at the time. He said, well, if I say I'm standing on my two feet, I get a slap. So what do I say? He said, he just like a flash in his spirit. He said, I'm seated in Christ Jesus. And the moment he said, the lady went under the power, the demon left. Consciousness. Of who he was. Jesus said. The son of man came down from heaven. But he is in heaven. Where are you? Someone says in heaven. Ah, I'm still alive. (laughs) Say this. I'm in Christ. You believe that? Seated in Christ. Very important. Seated in Christ. Now, we're going somewhere. Let's, let's run. Verse 14. Verse 14. He says, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must, say with me, must, must. the Son of Man be lifted up. 
Now, here's the story, um, just to give us a bit of background. Numbers 21, you can study it for yourself. The Bible says the children of Israel had murmured against Moses because the way was um, torturous. I mean, they wanted to go through Edom, but Edom had closed their borders, and God was upset with Edom. And so God said, all right, you're going to take care of Edom later, but for now, you'd have to go round about Edom. And so it was a long journey, and then they got angry, and they began to say, when we're in Egypt, we're eating meats, we're eating good things, all the good things of life. He says, wherefore have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no bread, and there is there any water, and our soul looted this light bread. Next verse, verse 6. And the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they beat the people, and much, say with me, much, much of Israel died. Fiery serpents. Serpents are fiery already. So when you say, do you understand what I'm saying here? He was talking about, these are no mean serpents. Dangerous guys. One bite, one touch, one die. Kind of serpents. I mean, terrible serpents. And the Bible says, much of Israel died. Now, it says, therefore the people came to Moses, those that were still alive, and said, we have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against thee. Pray unto the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed for the people. He interceded in their behalf, asking that the Lord... Now, what was their request? Verse 7. Go back to verse 7. Pray unto the Lord that what? He take away the serpent from us. What was their request? Say with me. That he take away the serpent from us. That was their request. So what should have been the answer they were expecting? That they would wake up one morning and all the serpents were dead or there was no serpent no more, and they'll see all the serpents moving in another direction. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying here? They said, that, that's all they thought. Take away the serpent from us. Take away the pain from me. Take away the cancer. Take away the need. Take away the lack. And if I don't feel the pain again, then I am healed. When the money comes into my account, then I am rich. <laughs> you see that? How do you know? Uh, because I don't feel the pain anymore. So now I'm healed. Glory to God. Oh God, 2020. It's your year to act. There's only one action I need. ATM action. <laughs> and so, they said, take away the serpent from amongst us. That's what they wanted. That the serpents would be taken from them. And if God took the serpents, they would have said, Yep, we serve a prayer answering God. God loves us so much. But I've got news for you. God did not take away the serpents. And God does not take away serpents. Behold, I give you power, authority, to tread upon serpents and scorpions. Not I will take it away. Oh boy. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. He never said, I'll take the serpent away. I'll take the scorpion away. He says, I'll give you authority. You tread upon it. It'll be there, but you'll have authority. Understand this. We have defined the, the love and the action of God by our human standards. Lazarus, whom thou lovest, is sick and nigh death. Did Jesus show up? When he was going to go, what did he say? He says, let's go wake him up. The sister said, if you had been here, he would not have died. Because as far as they they were concerned, if Jesus came early enough, then death would not have set in. And as far as they were concerned, because death had set in, Jesus had come in late. But how can life be late? Oh, you, you don't understand what I'm saying Did you ever read in science what they call absolute zero? Absolute life. In him is no variableness. There is no shadow of turning. Are you getting what I'm saying here? He says the light shines and the darkness trying to hold it cannot comprehend it. Absolute light. We must understand what we're dealing with. And Jesus says, in the same manner that Moses lifted up the serpent, the same principle that was applied. That's the principle that governs our fate, governs the redemption, 
God does not take the serpents away. He doesn't. He doesn't. What did he do? God said to Moses, You make a fiery serpent of brass, a metal representing judgment. Now, you see, we've got about seven parts to this series. So all I'm just doing here is to lay foundation. By the time we're done, because I want to train you to see. I want to train you to see. Because what you see cannot be taken from you. There are too many Christians who don't see. They are looking for one horoscope somewhere. Why do you think everywhere people are trying to see? They say, I checked into your stars. You are Taurus. You, born of God, Taurus. Or what is, and there are some of you that even put it up on your status. You say, the reason I'm a very multi person, I'm like this, I'm like this, I'm like this, is give me one of those things they call themselves. I'm Gemini. I'm Gemini. Jesus inside of you, Gemini. I'm proudly Gemini. You don't know that's demon? These are demons you're calling yourself? Entertaining demons? You're calling yourself Gemini and all the Geminis follow you? Say, I'm Gemini. Say, has called us. Let's go. Say, we are Gemini. Be careful of these things. They are looking at horoscope. Horror. First things first. Horror. Horror. Do you understand what I'm saying? Horoscope. Now somebody says, but sometimes they're accurate. Well, it was a horoscope that led them to Jesus. They studied the stars. I hope you know it's not the Holy Spirit. They were looking at the stars. And they looked at the stars and they saw Jesus. So sometimes they see. That's not to say they don't see. But understand this and this is extremely important. Never forget what I want to tell you here. What you open up yourself to. With your mouth you give authority. Over your life. What you open up yourself to. What you go take counsel or permission or whatever it is from. You open up your life to that thing to have authority over you. You don't do those things. Why would you go and be looking at one baba somewhere? One baba that is wearing just wrapper, sitting down somewhere and carrying cowries and throwing things on the floor. You say, ah, I see my daughter, my daughter, my daughter, my son, ah, my son. The future is hard. It will be hard for you, baba. It will be hard for you. You and your family, it will be hard for all of you. Can you throw cowry down and say, my future will be hard? It will be hard for you. And that's the way you should tell them when you enter. It will be hard for you, Baba. Oh, my lefoy, it will be hard for you. You won't see customer again in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Because sometimes you have to follow your parents there. But when you enter, just say, oh, my lefoy, Baba. It will be hard for you. Some of you are afraid of things that can't talk, things that can't see. They put one scary something that's made of feather and cowrie and mud. It was somebody that made it. It's like <laughs> you start hyperventilating. Let me tell you a story. Philippians, the, the Philistines, they carried the ark of God. Ark. Ark. Ark, a symbol, not the thing. Ark. And they put it in front of Dagon, their God. To say, we have captured the ark. They woke up the next morning. What happened? Dagon was prostrating. <laughs> bowed down. You see, let me tell you what must have happened. You know there are angels that their wings cover the ark. One of the angels would have slapped the Dagon. Dagon. And then the wing would have gone back again. Dagon fell down. The next day, they said, ah, the wind blew. That's why they gone fell down. Or the little child that placed it did not place it well. They put it up again. <laughs> Behold, Dagon was falling on his face. He says, Then they arose on the morrow morning. Behold, Dagon was falling upon his face to the ground before the ark of the Lord. And go on. And uh, how are you people reading this thing? I can tell you the story myself. <laughs> so they set him in his place again. The next day, when they woke up, this time, the angel was very upset. The angel slapped him, decapitated him. No, read it. It says the head removed, the hand removed. Removed everything. Laid it there. 
went back into position. When they came, they said, ah, no, 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 no. This is not normal. Have you ever seen boxing when they beat somebody? And you know that this is knockout. That's what they did. So you, you enter a fast shrine. They'll be throwing calorie. Calorie that you should kick. I used it to play table soccer. That's it. You start shaking. You start shaking. It's like some of you, you see masquerade on the road. I remember as a young boy, we're living in DG, Chagara State of Baja, Lagos. I saw a masquerade. I ran. The masquerade wanted to beat me. Years after, on the same street, I was full of the Holy Spirit. My mother was at home that day. I don't know if it's the same masquerade or another one. He came again. But this was years after. I was full of the Holy Spirit. I looked at him. I said, I will woes you. <laughs> I may not have said it that way, but I was, I mean, look at where I look. So imagine when I was a teenager, a young boy. I said, I will beat you. Thank God for my pastor. He had filled my head with word. I said, I will beat you. My mother came out begging. She knelt down for masquerade. I said, I will beat this masquerade. I will beat heaven and hell out of him. The masquerade was saying, if not for your mother. I said, mommy, go inside. Let's finish this thing. <laughs> my mother was begging me. You won't kill me in Jesus' name. You won't kill me. You won't kill me. This, your own is too much. I said, which one is too much? I was staying in front of my house. Masquerade came. Praise God. Those of you that you see masquerade, you running, you say, I lock the door. My children, my children, they must not see. Close your eyes, close your eyes. What can they not see? It's culture. What's the problem with it? Tell the person behind you, why are you afraid? What are you afraid? Why are you afraid? Why are you afraid? Tell the person, I have no fears. Mm. So the Bible tells us, God said to him, he said, make a serpent of brass representing judgment and place it upon a pole. He that is beaten that looks at it shall live. He did not say, I will touch the serpents or I'll kill the serpents. He says, here's the point. Could you please come? The serpent bites him and the venom begins to walk through his body. He says, as long as he's looking at the serpent, the serpent has effect on him. As long as his focus is on the serpent, it has an effect on him. But the moment he looks up at the pole and he considers in his mind that that which seems to have power on him here has been defeated on the cross. So the moment there's that switch in his mind, this loses its power. And let me say this to you. Life only have a, has as much power on you as you acknowledge what has been done on the cross. Are you following this? It only has as much power on you. Many of us want God to take away the serpents. He said, uh-uh. I want you to see the serpent judged. I want you to see it in your heart that you cannot be poor again. Poverty was judged once and for all on the cross. Lack, need was judged on that cross. Sickness was judged on that cross. My infirmities were judged on that cross. My sins were judged on that cross. Are you hearing what I'm saying here? It's important. That's why people struggle with addictions and change. Because the focus is on themselves. Let me see what I can do. This year, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. But he never told you to struggle at it. Look at what he has done and accept it as real. Are you hearing what I'm saying here? And when you begin to see it, he didn't say the serpent will stop biting, but it will stop having an effect on you. Are you hearing what I'm saying here? The effect he had yesterday would have no more. Why? Because your sight has changed. What you now see is different. What you think about it has changed. The greatest miracle God can give you is not what he does for you. It is what he does in you. That's the biggest miracle. The biggest blessing is not what you hold, but what you see. Do you understand what I'm saying here? The biggest blessing is not what you feel, but what you see. That's the biggest blessing. That's why he said to Abraham, Lift up your eyes now and see. As far as your eyes can see. Glory to God. I don't see sickness around me. I don't see lack around me. I don't. I don't see death around me. 
that is why the doctors will give reports hey come on i don't don't know why but my children have been challenged by the devil my son firstborn second my my daughter challenge i mean the doctors told us my daughter may never walk they told us never came here to tell you she's walking they told us she may never walk but i never i never prayed about it i said my daughter you know what you're talking about years ago as a student at the college of medicine field praying about the future praying about my family i saw my first son run to me give him a hug in the spirit the second came to me give him a hug the third came she was a girl i told my wife when we got married we're gonna have three children the first the boy the second the boy the third a girl go ask her i gave the order I t- you all knew i told you long before i got married these are my children these are they're gonna come she went to the doctor the third baby they said no we're seeing a boy i said not my child I saw this as a student. She's a girl. <laughs> In none, when they came, they came running healthy. I saw something long ago. Glory to God. He never said the serpents won't be there, but you tread over there. Glory to God. Are you hearing what I'm saying here? Too many of you fear reports. You fear doctor's reports. You fear to pick that call. He never said there will be no trouble, but we will ride over trouble. Do you get what I'm saying? Why? Because it's all judged on the cross. Glory to God. Say this, I am mother and conqueror. Say this, the eyes of my inner man is flooded with lights. Shout it now, I know who I am. I know what I have. I am a victor in Christ. Say this now. I am wise. Now. I am rich. Now. I am righteous. Shout it now. Glory to God now. Now. Hallelujah. Now. Are you ready for these months? Boy, we'll continue on Wednesday. We'll continue on Sunday. By the end of this month, you're going to see clearly what the word says about you. In the life of God that he's designed for you, you start functioning and walking in it in the name of Jesus. Would you give the Lord a big hand of praise? God bless you. We hope you have been blessed by this message. To be a part of any of our programs or services, visit our website www.petroscc.org for our different locations and service times. We'd be happy to have you join our growing online community. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Petra Christian Center and on Twitter at Petra underscore CC. You can also reach us by email at correspondence at petracc.org or call us on plus 234-701-738-7222. Petra Christian Center, building Jesus communities worldwide.